In this week's episode, we welcome Red, a Brisbane-based non-binary visual artist. My ex-boyfriend cheated on me and I oh. found out. I couldn't talk to any of my family, no one could console me and my grandma just gave me this little travel notebook. I was just crying the whole time, scribbling in this little notebook, like, and that's how I started writing poetry, you know? And um, yeah, I couldn't get out of the car that whole trip. I was just, <laughs> I was shattered. We talked about mixing poetry with visual art. I don't know, I feel like if I just frame a photo, it's contained to still being that kind of 2D image, whereas I can really bring stuff out with paint and um, other mediums and just add a whole new layer of meaning to like an image and gender identity in the creative community. Yeah, being non-binary is, it's fun. It's fun, mm. it's freeing. For me, I use it as a tool. Some people don't need that. We learned so much in this episode and we're stoked to finally have a photographer on the show. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Coolio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Fro Show. My name is Frank Mankin and I'm joined as always by my beautiful oh. co-host, what are you? Sorry, this is a creaky chair. <laughs> Joe Murray. This is a creaky chair. <laughs> and we're joined by a guest this week, the wonderful Red. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you. Lovely to be here. I don't think we've had a... Well, you're not just a photographer, but I don't think we've had a photographer yet. Uh, Apart from John? No. No. But John was John was an FPV drone pilot. Yeah, so not really. So that doesn't count. Oh, finally. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good to have you on. Yeah. Um, You're a multifaceted artist. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about kind of just give your general bio who are you what do you do um and then we'll we'll go from there okay well um i'm red i am a non-binary writer poet photographer visual artist and anything really i just love all kinds of creativity so um anything i can get involved in is like great but um i'd say writing is like the thing that means most to me and that's why I really try to incorporate it into photography and everything I do kind of has some text aspect to it. Um, I'm a resident at Vent Space and I love it and I love this place and I could talk about Vent Space for hours but I'm probably not going to do that today. We already did that with Julian a while (laughs) ago. Okay, great. (laughs) Great, covered that. Well, yeah, that's me. I'm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just a lot of things all the time. A lot of things all the time. Can't do anything the way other people have done it, if that makes sense. Okay, like, interesting. So, In what way? So with exhibitions and stuff and my photos, I can't just slap a photo into a frame and put it up. I have to like put some thread over the frame or like paint it with aerosol or fucking, I don't know, put buttons on it. Just some random shit because, I don't know, I feel like if I just frame a photo, it's contained to still being that kind of 2D image, whereas I can really bring stuff out with paint and um, other mediums and just add a whole new layer of meaning to like an image. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I have a lot of fun doing that. It's always very messy and um, yeah, Yeah. fun, really fun. Sorry, do you paint over like the whole photo or just No, no. Um, Sometimes I'll like paint text over a photo. So always around the subject, you know, the photo is still very much uh, the medium and the thing I'm trying to express. but I'll paint like around the edges of the frame and you know, sometimes I love splatter, splattering stuff just all around. I feel yeah. like that always looks really cool. 
And yeah, mostly with spray paint because I am like the messiest person ever and it's really kind to me. It doesn't look shit. Yeah. Whereas like when I'm painting with a paintbrush. For the same reason that I love spray paint. Yeah, <laughs> when I'm painting with a paintbrush, it's like, oh, yeah. this line, no, it's, yeah. it's like doesn't work. With spray paint, it's like, oh, fuck, I got it in the wrong spot, but it looks cool anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. Spray paint and paint markers. That's my bread and yeah, butter. Yeah, Poscas. <laughs> love them. Love them to death. Yeah. But how did you get started in art then? What was your, your progression? So <laughs> I only started photographing in like October last year. Oh, whoa. Yeah. What? No, so no. I'm pretty new to the scene and like everything to do with learning how to use a camera. Um, before then, I was kind of just lost. Um, graduated high school in 2020. Yeah. So I was like really basic all through high school kind of sucked into that system of popularity and um, social status and likes on Instagram and stuff like that which was the worst shit to go through and it honestly sucks to see so many of my old friends from high school and stuff still in that kind of bubble because I I really hate it Um, but yeah um, basically I started writing because I couldn't help it I um went through this really nasty breakup, which I feel like is how most things start. And I was, I was overseas actually in Argentina visiting my family and um, my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend cheated on me and I oh. found out on like the first day of the year and I was crying and I was I, like, this guy like manipulated the shit out of me. You know, I was so like dependent on him and stuff. So I was just like shattered as this little basic little bitch that I was yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah basically my like I couldn't talk to any of my family no one could console me and my grandma just gave me this little travel notebook and a pen and we went traveling like all through La Puna like the mountains up there really high altitudes of just amazing natural landscapes and I was just crying the whole time scribbling in this little notebook like and that's how I started writing poetry you know and um Yeah, I couldn't get out of the car that whole trip. I was just, I was shattered. I was shattered. And, um, but from that came a beautiful thing, which is reconnecting with my love for writing. Um, Yeah, I actually had this memory. I I study creative writing at QT currently. So the reason I decided to do that was because um, (laughs) when I was a little kid, I had this memory. I used to write stories of my friends and I, like, adventuring through Candyland and like read it to the class in primary school and I had that memory and I was like shit this is always what I was meant to be doing I just got so sucked into this system from a young age that that's how I thought the entire world was I thought everyone who wasn't like getting 300 likes on Instagram was a fucking weirdo yeah and it's like that's so shallow and horrible and yeah, to be in a place right now where I'm so creatively free and expressing myself is like, that means a lot to me, you yeah. know. There was like a point where I, I knew I was doing the best version of myself. I was being the best version of myself that I'd ever been in my entire life because I'd actually become a human being rather yeah. than just a fucking robot, you know. <laughs> So yeah, I did the. I started writing poetry. It was really shitty at first, you know, like really sh- basic songs and you know strumming my acoustic guitar with, with a capo, you know, like all that. Um, <laughs> Living the singer songwriter life. Yeah, the really shitty singer songwriter <laughs> life. 
Um, but I filled up that notebook and then I filled up another and another and I haven't been able to stop just writing ever since. Mm. Yeah. And then photography came about. I actually, um, <laughs> I submitted to be a part of Chromatic Walls last year. Oh, yeah. And the only photography experience I had was walking around the streets with my friend with a little shitty point and shoot and taking photos. And I submitted some stuff because at uni, something someone said to me that really resonated was just practice submitting things. Yeah. So I did that and then I got it. Like I got in and I was like, well, fuck, now I actually have to take some photos. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got my camera. I came up with this whole series because it was my first exhibition. I like put my whole heart and soul into it. And I came up with this series that um, talked about people's emotional upbringing and how it affects their sexual personality. So yeah. I feel like wow. that really intertwines. Wow. And I just went for it and did my first exhibition in October last year and then just haven't been able to stop yeah. photographing really I, mm. I just love capturing like a moment in time or like the expression that's often under the surface and then you know doing like sorry what the fuck can't <laughs> <laughs> thanks Tom thanks, thanks. Tom <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I haven't been able to stop it's just it's beautiful. And being able to blend those two mediums is, that's, that's the shit I really love. Like when I find a photo and I'm, you know, right on it and it all blends together, it makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. So you blend all those mediums to create that final product. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you said that you'd kind of always been writing. When you were a kid, was that also, like you did the Candyland stories. Did you do poetry then as well? Or was that really a byproduct of the breakup? That was definitely a byproduct of the breakup. And <laughs> I used to listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. So I feel like the poetry kind of came out of like all that lyricism and stuff. Because yeah. she's, she's a talented storyteller, you know. And um, being able to tell a story in like a succinct number of lines can be really powerful. Because it leaves the reader space to kind yeah. of like imagine their own, um, you know, universe around the words that you've written. Um but no, when I was a kid, not much poetry, just like Candyland short stories and um, memorizing like the Disney princess fairy tales and reading those to the class as well. God. <laughs> That's super cool. That cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a, you know, a good friend of ours um, who's another Brisbane based artist, Micah. Yeah. Um, and we had them on the podcast. Oh, probably like... Uh, six, half a year ago? Oh, More so. Three. three. Oh, no, yeah, maybe right. Six a while ago. Three. A while ago. Um, but their interview was really interesting as well because we talked a lot about, like, how their experience growing up... Because we went to the same school. Mm. We went to a private Christian school. So we talked a little bit about how their experience in a private Christian school impacted their art and um, not only their art but who they became as a, um, as a byproduct of that. What do you think has been the biggest influence in, in how you create now? Um, I feel like it's definitely, like I know I say basic bitch, right? But um, it's really kind of just being constantly objectified while you're growing up and going through puberty and like your body's changing and everyone's looking at you mm. in kind of a school system, even in primary school right like as young as primary school it's like oh your legs are hairy like what 
you didn't shave your legs yet? What the fuck? Mm. And it's like, oh shit, should I be shaving my legs? Like, mm. I'm not, what? What? I have to have smooth legs. It's just constant scrutiny, mm. especially growing up in a female body. I yeah. feel like I was always, you know, a bit less developed than everyone else was. And they got all the attention from the guys and you're taught that that's what, that's your purpose in life <laughs> is yeah. to have people think that you're attractive. Mm. Um, so kind of being sucked into that and really seeing everything that you hate about the way you look first because people have told you, I don't know, like, oh, you have hairy arms. Shit, should I be shaving those? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's like, what the fuck? Um, and yeah, there's that all through high school. And I feel like now on the other side of that, looking back, it's just like, if I can help anyone see that they are perfect the way that they are and all you really have to, the only person you have to please is yourself. Like, mm. So I feel like a lot of my work has themes of um, femininity, even though I, I'm non-binary because um, I grew up with a lot of that and a lot of the um, the dark side of being a woman, you know, like <laughs> all that shit. So yeah, I think that definitely comes through in like everything I do. Yeah. Yeah, even though I'm really happy now, all my poetry is still sad. Yeah. Because I just pull you, all that shit back. Yeah, you draw from your lived experience, right? And I feel like um, we have a friend of ours, Sam, who is a fantastic filmmaker, and he has come from a really dark place as well. But all of the films that he... And he's in a really good place now, but all the films that he makes are sad. And it's because he draws from that pool of information. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of artists tend to do, is they find like a section of their life that they can pull from and that gives them the motivation and the ideas to create and then give other people the option to kind of circumvent that in their own life. Um, do you feel like as a non-binary artist in Brisbane you have some form of responsibility or, um, or necessity to educate people? It's really tough because I don't want that. Yeah. at all mm. but it's something that I'm faced with just every day just being like oh my pronouns are they them yeah. you know use fucking use them you know yeah. and um, yeah I had a non-binary arts exhibition here um, in February and it was beautiful but I was the only photographer I found everyone else was like painting and stuff and I feel I feel like I have a bit of responsibility to push my art as far as I can so that it's more normalized and so that people will use they, them pronouns until they find out that someone identifies as a boy or a girl. Mm. Because everyone's a human, right? Everyone is a human, but not everyone is a man or a woman. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's basically what I'm pushing is just kind of see everyone at face value and don't assume anything about their identity or or gender because mm. just everything that associates with the term woman right in like all the stereotypes that you learnt you learnt that from a young age you read the books where uh, the lady cleans the kitchen and the guy you know fixes the car and stuff and it's like I don't want to associate with any of that shit I'm just a fucking human being. I'm just a ball of energy in this body that happens to have boobs, you know? It's like, yeah. So I 
personally for me, I guess I'm just trying to push as far as I can and just yell this message out at everyone who will hear me. And every time someone uses the wrong pronouns for me, I will fucking correct them. Good. Because that's who I am. Yeah. Have you gotten into any situations because of that? Totally. Um, It's tough with close friends um, who just don't seem to... Like, they get it. They know. They respect it. But they don't make the effort to, you know, change that... Change their mentality and, like, will just use she, her Mm. all the time. And it's like, I love you. I love you so much. But this hurts me. Mm. This hurts me. Like, every time I hear, oh, she has done this, I'm like, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't Mm. feel good to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been tough kind of knowing when, (laughs) just deciding when to stop correcting someone, but that's also, like, the saddest shit ever, you know? Yeah. On a a much smaller scale, I have that with my name because, like, people will obviously call me Frank a lot of the time. Mm. And no matter how many times you correct someone, they'll still say Frank. And it's like a very small minority of people that will continue doing that once you've corrected them. Do you feel like that's a very similar um, experience in that they, they're just not making that cognitive switch? Yeah, totally. But there's also a difference between, um, you know, using she, her, or he, him pronouns, realizing you've made a mistake, and then correcting yourself. Yeah rather than knowing that someone is non-binary and just using she, her anyway, yeah. you know, and not being like, oh, shit, I slipped up, like, fix it. Because that's yeah. fine, you know, I don't expect, ever, no one's perfect, right? If someone, I misgender myself sometimes. Mm. Like, I'm like, I still identify as a girl boss because <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that really embodies my yeah, energy. And you can wear all the really cool sparkly shirts that say, like, girl boss yeah, exactly. with the, the and little that's crown. Just, that's just a vibe, you know? That's just a vibe that I identify with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just find when people just blatantly ignore something that I personally am pushing so much, right? Um, it's yeah. hurtful. Especially if they're mm. coming to your show where a big part of it is, like, your non-binary experience. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, like, half the reason I put on that show was just to be like, fucking don't misgender me, cunt. This <laughs> like, is full stop, we're done. Yeah, yeah. and it still happens. It yeah. still happens. Even, even like, with my family, that shit's hard. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's still instances. And I work in hospitality. Can't expect to be, yeah. you know... Um, I I just can't correct people there. Yeah, and mm. it's like I understand it. It's not malicious, but it's still hurtful. Yeah, and I don't think people really understand um, what it means or how much it can affect someone. Yeah, it's do not like. Do you want to explain it a little bit? Mm. It's mostly because I know that there will be people listening where this is kind of their first experience with anyone that's non-binary. Yeah, that they know of at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Basically, as I said, I am a human being. I am an energy that is in this body. And I was raised as a girl. Mm. And that meant that I had to wear tight things and I had to look pretty. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in a very, like, loud household. So when I was loud, like, out and about it's like oh wait you're not gentle 
Like you're not like a gentle feminine like person. You don't like you don't like try to be sexy, but like not too sexy, you know. Like like sleep with guys because if not, you know, you're like a weird prude virgin. But not too many guys because if not you're a slut. Yeah. Right? And it's just all that shit. And then um yeah, basically being non-binary to me is throwing all of that out the window and demanding that I be seen as a person yeah, rather than associated with all that crap. Um, <laughs> it's a tool for me. It's yeah. a tool for me to be able to separate myself from that and, you know, shave my head and dye it red and just mm. look like a fucking alien, you know? Um, yeah, so pronouns are important. Was there a moment of realisation for you? Yeah, um, I guess so. It was gradual. Mm. I feel like all things are. And it's for, like, for a lot of the time when you start kind of making that conscious effort and change, um, you feel this sense that you're lying Mm. to everyone or, like, you're an imposter or you, oh, am I really? And it's like, well, that's not a thing either. And that sucks that people have to face that because... It's your identity and you're in complete control over it. And you should be and that's how society should be, um, you know, constructed. So for me, I guess a moment was <laughs> changing my fucking pronouns on Instagram, <laughs> right? Oh, so that right. Was like, Interesting. That was like the step. It's like, I'm going to demand this now. And at first yeah. it was she, they, right? Yeah. So I just changed it to she, they because I was like oh, but I don't, I don't want, like, to have to correct people if they call me she. And that was just me being, like, a little bitch, right? <laughs> just being, like, still conforming, still yeah. fucking conforming. And then I was, you know, I had a great chat with a friend and they were like, nah, fuck that. You, mm. should, just, you should just do it. And I did and I've been demanding it ever since. And I'm, I honestly don't think I'll ever um, stop needing to demand it and, like, say it so loudly and fucking preach it all the time. Um, yeah. Because that's just not the world that we live in, mm. unfortunately. And how do you feel like that lived experience has impacted your growth as an artist? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I feel like I feel like my art doesn't have a gender either. Mm. I don't know what that would even mean. Mm. Um, as an artist, I guess. You know, my name is like Red Lady, Mm. right? That's my Instagram handle. That's like what I've been known for. And a lot of people get confused. They're like, maybe you're non-binary, but like, why are you a lady? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And these people have clearly never met me in my life because anyone who meets me, I'm like such a fucking lady. Like, that's just my personality type. (laughs) That's just like who I am. I'm such like a little lady. (laughs) But people don't get that because that word, oh, feminine, oh, Woman, yeah. lady, woman. No, lady is my fucking personality. Lady is like a, it's like a girl boss. It's a vibe. Mm. It's a vibe. And I can relate yeah. to that vibe and so still be non-binary. The, the energy from the connotations that it has. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And in terms of like the artwork that I create, um, I feel like I try to consciously break those barriers. Mm. So, um even just simple stuff. Like I did a shoot where um, there was a masculine person and a feminine person. They were both wearing blazers. And it's like, basically the meaning of that shoot was why when you walk into a fashion store, there's a men's section and a women's section. When they're all clothes. Mm -hmm. 
And it's like, why when you go to the grocery store, there's a men's razor and a women's razor? Mm. When it should just be like, oh, this razor is for thick hair and this razor is for thin hair and this razor is for your face. But it's not, no, yeah. it's men's mm. and this is women's. I, I think um, I remember the first yeah. time realising with the clothes thing specifically was, um, and this is like the most white boy answer ever, <laughs> but it's like when Harry Styles left One Direction and started like wearing women's clothing a lot. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's an option. I didn't even like, at no point before, I would have been yeah. like 17. No point before that was I like, oh, I can just shop in the Zara women's section if there's a shirt that I like. Yeah, I know. It's just so unnecessary. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's like consumerism and that's how they advertise everything and that's why everyone feels the need to conform to these expectations. Mm. Yeah, I, I go op shopping. There are no sections there. Oh, sometimes there is still. Mm-hmm. I like a button-up shirt, you know? Why can't I wear a button-up shirt? I find them restrictive. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, being non-binary, is, it's fun. It's fun. Mm. It's freeing. For me, I use it as a tool. Some people don't need that. Some people are like, oh, yeah, she, her is fine. Whatever you want, pronouns are fine. Mm. Because... Um, I don't know, they don't personally need it or they don't um, see it as an identifier of themselves or I'm not sure. Like, people have these reasons and I've had heaps of amazing conversations with people about pronouns. Um, But for me, it's a tool um, and I feel the need to enforce it because it's my life and it's my identity. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a level of respect between people and you know even if it was like the stupidest thing in the world if you were like i hate my name i want to be called like chair (laughs) it's like okay (laughs) you know even if you personally disagree with it there's a level of respect there where it's like all right well you know if that's what you want then that's what you want like i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. go against you on that um but let's talk a little bit about kind of your your exhibition um because that was your fluidity exhibition that you were talking about right yeah. What was the the lead up to that like? What was the planning? How did that even come about in the first place? So uh, this idea actually happened right here in this building. Um, Great building for right? Um So I was in. T- I was doing an interview with my lovely friend um, Atomics, mm-hmm. and I was just interviewing them about their art practice and like their journey. And they mentioned to me that they um, are asked to do a lot of, you know, all-female exhibitions because, you know, which is a great thing that there are, like, all-female exhibitions because it is a male-dominated industry. But they were mentioning that, like, obviously they're going to take it because it's an opportunity for work and exposure, but they are, like, the least feminine person (laughs) of, like... Yeah. So they were talking about that, and I was like, why don't we do a non-binary art exhibition? Mm. And they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, we actually went through with it, which is great because a lot of ideas just stay ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I feel like we were both equally as committed to making it as awesome as possible. And it went fabulously. It was so amazing. It was such a beautiful night. And just having the community that rocked up was so beautiful like there was only so much we could do with like you know um getting all the artists in and making it all look nice and like getting you know the djs and stuff but it was the energy in the room that the community brought with them that made it such a beautiful evening Mm. and i'll never forget that like Mm. ever 
And that was also the book launch of your poetry book, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, my poetry book is also called Fluidity because I love the word. Mm. Um, and I don't know, I just fit and I was going to launch it at the event and I was just like, cool, let's just get this, let's just drill this word into everyone's brain so that they associate it with me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I launched the book on that night, picked it up on the day because um, I'm unorganized as Very fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually did a reading of it that night um, which was one of the most like emotional releases I've mm. ever experienced. Like I got off stage and I just cried because mm. I just couldn't. I just, that was, it was so beautiful and so emotional and I was really vulnerable and it was, it was just one of the best things. And that, that book is, is my heart and soul. You know, it's, it's a collection of 15 poems and they're about different experiences that I've had. And, you know, I don't really like to tell people what my poems are about because I want them to experience it however they want to. I really believe in the whole death of the author thing. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I had some wonderful feedback and mm. I did pull my heart and soul into it. So it was really nice to um, be able to share it with everyone. How long did it take you to piece that together? Um, so I had some poems that I had written like previously. Mm. So when I decided to do the book, I was like, let's chuck these in there. And then I was like, oh, I need more poems than this if I want to release a book. So I went through all my old notebooks and I got like little snippets of of um, lines that I really liked and I created all these new ideas and then I wrote like three just on the spot. So I was like, I need more. <laughs> um, probably two months, three months. Not That's not long. too bad. It's not mm. very long. I, yeah, I designed the whole thing. I wrote the whole thing. I, added some photos in there too and mm -hmm. I don't know I was just determined to make it happen determined yeah. and it, it I picked it up on the day <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> it, it all worked out in the end yeah yeah, yeah. no I I'm gonna release more stuff because yeah. it was so fulfilling and um yeah there's still some copies available <laughs> and <laughs> you can get it yeah, so copies you can get them on my website or you can go into Avid Reader in West End which has if been my signed copy no, they're just just it's just in there. It's in a bookstore. Yeah, yeah, but didn't you point? sign a couple there as well? Or oh, if you want to sign copy, you just have to visit me at Event Space, and Fair I'll sign it for you. No problem. <laughs> no be, worries. We might be here too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Avid Reader is like my favorite bookstore, and it has been since I was a kid. I and don't to think have I've ever been there. No, really, it's on Boundary Street, West End. Right. Okay. Mm. I'll have to go. It's beautiful, cute, cute as fuck. Oh no! I'm, is that the no? I'm thinking of the one in. Um, Near the Pancake Manor. That bookstore. Oh, store. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I That's my favourite Archives? Book, bookstore, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That place is nice. Yeah, it's really beautiful. This is a bit more commercial, you know. Yeah. A bit more mm. um, getting people in off the street kind of thing. But yeah, it's in there. If you walk in and you turn to the right and you go into the little nook, it'll be on the floor <laughs> in front of all the shelves. <laughs> right there. Yeah, where on I the put floor. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I always go in and I like shuffle them around because they like, like to stuff it in the corner and I'm like no and I go in and I <laughs> grab it and I put it on the floor like, read my book yeah. <laughs> yeah no it was a dream getting it in there yeah really mm. um, yeah mm. and what are you working on at the moment is there any big project that you're kind of planning or is it just working towards these little like photography projects as, as well so I am um, working up kind of my client base and trying to make this um, financially feasible <laughs> for myself mm. Um, but what I'm working on at the moment really is uh, curating like a poetry workshop because I feel like we need more poetry to circulate 
around our society because it's just one of the best ways to express yourself I mm. feel um, especially like hidden emotion that isn't always service level I'll write stuff all the time and be like shit I thought I was over this <laughs> <laughs> but it's come out now and I'm like fuck okay then uh, <laughs> so yeah I'm going to use all the tips and tricks I've got from uni curate uh, workshop and help people write their own poems and you know do that so that's coming up in june it'll be here event space love love the place <laughs> if i haven't mentioned that already um and then a solo show definitely yep. um later in the year which is going to be photography and um going to release a book hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> that's mm. the plan um and then some more visual art mm. some more visual art some pieces that are separate to photos so I've been experimenting a lot with um, aerosol and um, just different mediums to paint on. I like, I really like spray painting furniture and stuff. I did oh, a vase funky. for my um, for fluidity. I did like yeah. a they them vase, which was mm. so fun and it turned out so well. And yeah, I love painting kind of furniture and stuff because it gives me it's it has a shape. I feel like if I paint on a flat thing and it just always goes south, <laughs> <laughs> I get too emotional and it turns into a big blob of nothing but like furniture i have a vision for it yeah i I have a vision for it i'm like oh this would look really cool Mm. if this was here and this was here and this this got bigger here and this got smaller there but on canvas it's like this is so flat Mm. it's so flat i don't know what to do with it like i can't see it i i'm a very i don't plan anything that i do it's just all on a whim yeah Mm. I'm, i'm i'm like that i i can't make plans so on canvas that's like the worst Clearly medium ever yeah. to not have like a vision of what you're gonna do <laughs> i think mm, yeah. but with everything else it just it just works it seemed to work out so far it has been working out <laughs> so far. yeah yeah you could say that mm-hmm. you s- when you um started writing you said you were doing some like music stuff or writing lyrics yeah is that something you've gone back to at all in your yeah definitely yeah. um I play guitar yeah. and I'm a poet. So it kind of goes together <laughs> and I have a lot of songs that I've written actually and I play often for anyone who will listen. Um, I don't know if I'm going to take it any further. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. I have this weird anxiety around releasing music mm. because I... I love music so much that it's like Mm. if I was to release this and it wasn't exactly as wonderful as I pictured it being, it wouldn't be like good enough. Mm. Also, I've met a lot of music snobs in my life and I think they've just scared me from liking um, any pop song ever or like Mm. any um, anything that was made in the past like 10 years is garbage apparently um uh, that's yeah true. the music I snobs only have listen s- to van halen so. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, the music snobs have scared the shit out of me i like yeah. i've been criticized for my music taste my whole fucking life mm. um yeah it's just one of those things i don't know so making my own stuff is particularly vulnerable i feel yeah. especially getting you know there's only so far you can take your own song like i can play the guitar for it and i can sing for it but then I need drums, I need bass, you know, I need all that stuff and I can't do it myself. And to kind of find the right collaboration to make it as full as I would want it to be, um, that's hard. So I'm still finding it. It's not like I'll never do it ever. Um, 
but yeah, I'm still kind of putting the pieces together. I've been working mm. with Ventwave heaps though, like oh. doing vocals for Ventwave. That's cool. It's so much fun. It's just so fun to get into the booth and like just sing and it's just mm. so like catchy and yeah, that shit's been really fun. Mm. Working with them is amazing. Yeah. They're like the sweetest group of guys I've ever met in my life. They're some cool dudes. Mm. Yeah. Would you do a show with them, do you think? I was, <laughs> they asked me to do Juniper Fashion Show. Oh, like, yeah. mm. I just couldn't do it. I had too much on my plate that day. I had um, stuff on the wall and I knew I was getting, like, I got an award. I got, like, an award for one of my photos. Yeah. That's sick. Wow. What was I the was award? thinking about it the whole night. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've got too much on my plate. It was um, best group shot of um, a shoot that I did a while ago. And um, Polly actually, like, saw the photo and was like, I'm going to give this an award and then created a category and then gave me the award. I'm like, that's the sweetest shit ever. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's how award shows work. Actually, uh, that's yeah. probably exactly like how award yeah. shows work, actually. Never mind. Yeah, Brisbane. Yeah. You know. Did anyone it get was slapped awesome. by any chance? You know? Um, no. No. Oh. No. Uh, no. Sorry, I hear that's a trend at award shows. At yeah, the moment. I, yeah. I, I've seen. I've seen. <laughs> Oh, it was really fun, but I couldn't get on stage with them that night because I, I had, yeah, too yeah, much shit going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future. Mm. We will see. Mm. We'll see. I mean, it would be really cool. That would be cool. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll noted. <laughs> noted. <laughs> with your poetry, um, who who are your inspirations? Do you have poetry inspirations? Um, to be honest, no. Interesting. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I'll read some really lovely poems, but it's not like I'm particularly attracted to one poet mm. or another poet. Um, for me, it's all about my own expression. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Even at uni, they give us heaps of poems to read and stuff and they're all really beautiful, but there's no one poet that I felt a particularly strong affinity for. Mm. Um, because for me, it's so personal. And the reason I love it so much is because of how personal it is to me. Mm. Um, and I don't know, something about analysing Shakespeare's sonnets in high school is just like, fucked me up. <laughs> um, I loved analysing Shakespeare though in school. I was such a little Shakespeare. No, <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I guess though there's this poet, E.E. Um, e. Cummings, who mm. does really beautiful layouts for his poems. So he really spaces his stuff out and like makes it look really beautiful on the page. And that's something that I do as well. Um, I guess I got that from him. So mm. if I had to say anyone, I would say E.E. E. Cummings. But really, it's it's a very individual process, I feel like, for each yeah. and every poet. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Do you feel like the more other poetry you read, the harder it is for you to maintain your own style? Um, nah. No? Nah, mm. not at all. It's like I, I'm inspired by people and I'm mm. like, oh, this set of words together feels really beautiful how did they do that what do they do and that like uni's teaching me that as well to like look at something and be like why did it make me feel this way and being able to implement that into my own work is um is great because then i'm like fuck i'm a genius i also (laughs) i actually mishear song lyrics all the time from songs and i think wow this is the best lyric ever and then i realize it was something different i'm like wait i can use this lyric now (laughs) it's mine (laughs) i came up with that subconsciously yeah exactly so there's a lot of shit like that that happens too yeah um just drawing inspirations from whatever really Mm. i um very big on breaking my own rules that I make for myself. So if I find I've written a bunch of poems and they all kind of follow this, I'm like, okay, 
next poem I have to write something completely different. I have to try make it longer or shorter or like whatever. Use this particular technique from someone that I liked. Mm. But it's it's all very natural, honestly. Um, I find for me it's just getting drunk and coming home and opening my notebook and scribbling, you know, <laughs> and then coming back the next day and being like, oh. <laughs> Those are words. <laughs> Those are words. <laughs> this line's good. <laughs> I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll use it for something else. One thing about poetry is that it's never done on the first go. Yeah. That's mm. like, that's a myth. You know, I write poems in my notebook and then I take them onto my laptop and I restructure them and I cut them down and I, I work on them so much. And then when I think it's done, put it away for a day, come back, change it all again. Yeah. Because that's how you really um, find the best way to express um, the feeling or mood or idea that you're trying to put trying to portray so mm-hmm. yeah anything I guess a little sneak peek of my poetry workshop but yeah it's never done when you think that it's done yeah. put it away come back to it later um, see it with a new perspective also speak your words words are meant to be tasted you know that's a very strong thing about poetry um, even if it's not being read aloud always being read in someone's head and they're always listening to it in their own voice mm. um yeah words are meant to be tasted um mm. yeah come to my poetry workshop <laughs> i got <laughs> tips like, and tricks yeah, you like that little taster yeah i got yeah. tips and tricks um it's great it's such a beautiful way of expressing yourself mm. and it really helps you realize a lot of things about yourself that you didn't previously know or were aware of mm. yeah subconscious it brings out the subconscious mm. as you're like editing or finessing your poem then um do you think at all about what or how the viewer or reader will be feeling or is it all just or mostly an an expression of i mean i've kind of come to know that everyone is gonna um experience things in their own way Mm -hmm. so even with photos and stuff i don't really think oh how is someone gonna perceive this because i'll never know you know, I'll never know. And I'd rather make something that is really pure and really meaningful to myself that really speaks to how I'm feeling and what I want to express and then talk to people about it after. I love showing people my poetry and having them come up to me and be like, oh, this meant this to me. This was beautiful. And I like see how kind of our our paths cross in mm-hmm. terms of meaning. Um, that's like one of my favorite things. So I guess I try to like consciously not be like oh will people like this yeah um because everyone's drawn to different things and everyone interprets things differently Mm. and that's the beauty of it really yeah Yeah. i've gotten really into um david lynch movies recently yeah which is like just poetry in motion you know he makes songs too yeah and incredible songs he has a daily weather report as well oh i didn't know that (laughs) it's like a two minute it's like a two minute thing every day that he does and it's just him Talking to the, his audience and giving them a weather report for his <laughs> local area. He's such a weird man, and I love him so much. Wow! But um, I watched. Uh, I've watched a couple of his movies in the past, but I watched Eraserhead for the first time the other day, which is like a student film that he did in like seventy something or sixty. I think seventy something, eighty something, something like that. But it's all black and white, like super low budget, super weird. But exactly what you were saying, like it's it's in entirely open to interpretation and everyone is going to watch that movie differently. And I think that's something that's really cool and something that I think in the past like 10, 20 years in mainstream art, definitely we've lost a lot yeah. of. Everything is so explained. And I've seen it and in our local art gallery, which is the GOMA, 
I remember going as a kid, and it might have just been because I was a dumb kid, but I remember not understanding any of the art. I remember looking at it being like, I wonder what that means. And then that's what kind of triggered my interest in art. But now I go to the GOMA and it has like four paragraph artist statements where it's like, this represents my relationship with my father and how he made me sad. It's like, okay, well, I feel like I've lost an aspect of the art there now. Do you feel like that's something that you are trying to get around now in the way that you present your art? Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I feel like everything is so over-explained and it really doesn't need to be. Everyone's Mm. experience is unique and beautiful. And um, with my own stuff, like I'll really only title a photo or put like a little poem over it and, and that's it. I don't like being like oh, this is about this, this is about that. But the thing is that people like that and people are scared of, for some reason, people are scared of interpreting something wrong and they don't realise that that's impossible. You can't interpret something the wrong way, Mm. you know, in terms of art, I don't know about... I don't want to make a blanket statement (laughs) here. um, (laughs) Maths is whatever (laughs) I want it to be. But, um, yeah, I don't know. If you look at art and you're like, oh, what does it mean... Like, you don't, you're not getting it. It means whatever the fuck you want it to. Mm. And that is the point. That is the point, is to take whatever um, experiences and, you know, situations that you've been in and all subconsciously interpret something. Mm. And, yeah, and that's why I feel like people connect with very vastly different things in terms of art. You, like, go to an art show and it's like, oh, this one's sold, this one's sold, and it's because... You know, no one needs to spend money on art. You no. know what I mean? So it, it's, for me, it shows that someone has seen something and connected with it so much because of whatever the fuck. Yeah. Who cares? That's my favorite thing too when you're at an art show and you look at a piece and you go, how has this not sold yet? Yeah. Well, it's because like, you're the only one so far that has seen something in that piece. Yeah, because it, it's a little spark like mm. within you. It like sparks, you know, joy. Mm. Sparks joy. Do you have a favorite <laughs> piece of art? Um, of my own stuff or like other stuff? Or just in general? In general. I don't think I have a favorite piece of art. But uh, in the Brisbane scene right now, everything that Micah paints is mind-blowing. I have so many of their pieces. Yeah? Like an an obsession. I can't afford them. I can't fucking afford them. I got really early. I got really early. Nice. Damn. Yeah, I was late late to the train. Mm. But like, Wow. Just um, yeah, I, I love working with palette knives as well. They've mm. really inspired me to I pick up palette knives. I didn't know that they were a thing no. until right? I, until everyone's like paintbrush. Yeah, mm. no, in palette knife. Yeah, because in 2019, um, and this was right when they were starting to kind of break into the scene a bit, and I did a shoot with them in their home studio. And I was like, oh, I had no idea this was how you painted. Like I just assumed that you used like really big brushes and just went like. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. And then I was doing this shoot and I was like, oh, yo, this is really cool. And then I bought like, with I think within a one month time frame, I bought three pieces of theirs. Yeah. Because wow. I was like, this is going to be like a thing for sure. And then now I was right. And I, I have one piece of, of theirs that I'm like, really struggling to not buy because it's like four and a half grand. It's like this this two two canvas painting of um, Dionysus and it's like this beautiful yellow background with this like 
incredible portrait on it across two canvases. I'm like, I just I want it so bad. <laughs> I have to keep no, stopping like, myself. Mm. That's the thing. It's like I every time I go to an art show, I have to resist. Yeah. I have to resist so hard because yeah. I, I want so much. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is the best ever. Oh, but I'm but poor. But it's like, I'm so poor. <laughs> 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 yeah. I recently, I did actually buy a piece recently. It's, um, it's dripped, you know, yeah. a dripped piece. Uh, it's a Mad Hatter, Mad oh, Hat. I love Mad that thing. <laughs> it's so good. It was just so hard. And I was like, fuck, I'm mm. going to do it, aren't I? I'm yep. going to do it, aren't I? Yeah, I also bought this shirt. It is a sick phone. shirt. I bought one After of the um, the Vogue prototype ones. Yeah, yeah, on I like have some prints at home. Honestly, um, Tom's stuff is unreal. Yeah. And I can't get over it, and I never will. And knowing him has made it even more alien to me yeah. how these works come no, about. Yeah, no it's idea. It's crazy. No fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking <laughs> yeah, clue we were saying all. We were saying before the show that he's like our adopted child. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just like a little menace in the studio. <laughs> no, I love him. I need him to move here. Yeah, he's move here. <laughs> yeah. Everyone go bully Dripped. Everyone go bully Dripped and get him to move to Brisbane. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I th- and I think it's really cool. I think, like, since moving into here, we've been way more exposed to the Brisbane art scene. Because mm-hmm. I think when you're not, like, in it, you don't see as much. You kind of just see that surface level. And we only really saw it through Micah and through a couple other artists that we went to school with. But then the second you go to one, it's like, oh, there's, like, millions. Mm-hmm. Like, it just never ends. Yeah. And the community here is so small. N- not physically small, but like everyone knows each other, and the second you're in, you're in, which I think is really cool. Mm. It's wonderful. I never would have got gotten as far as I have if I had grown up in a different city, mm. because everyone here is, you know, not only is it very easy to meet people, but everyone is so welcoming yeah. and supportive, and like, wait, you're an artist? Awesome! Show me everything that yeah. you've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that stuff is amazing. I never would have had the confidence to come and like do shoots in a studio if it wasn't for people being like, wow, I love this. You should do more of it. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it, it's such a beautiful thing. And it's what's allowed me to actually show people stuff that I've been working on instead of just working on it and putting it away. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I try really hard to convince everyone to show people things. Yeah. Because I don't think they realize that everyone is going to love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you look at your work for so long, you don't really realize what the initial impact of that piece is. Yeah. So then when someone else sees it, they're like, holy shit, like this is incredible. Whereas you're like, oh, I've looked at that for 140 hours and I see every minor imperfection of it. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I will like do a shoot and be like, this is the best shoot I've ever done. And then I'll put it into Lightroom and I'll be like, this sucks. (laughs) What have I done? Where has it gone south? And then, you know, I'll get upset in Photoshop and then I'll leave it for a couple of days then I'll come back and I'll be like, this is the best shoot I've ever done. You know, it like goes <laughs> up and down and then, you know, I'll print it out and I'll be like, eh, I'll put it on the wall. I'll be like, fuck, I could have done better than this. And then people will come in and start looking at it. And I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> like people love it. It and goes in waves. right? Yeah, it goes, it in, goes waves. in waves and it's about trusting yourself. Yeah. It's about trusting yourself and trusting that when it's done, you will be proud because yeah. if you stay true to yourself, that's always, how it's going to go that's Mm. always how you're going to end up just being proud yeah Mm. well that's how like making daily movies has been an exercise for me because the second it's done it's done like i'm on a severe time crunch every single day and so you get to a point where you're like i just have to be done with this now and then you'll watch it back in like a week or two weeks and be like oh this actually wasn't 
terrible. Like, I'm actually really proud of this. Whereas, like, when you're staring at it for ages, you're like, man, this sucks. Yeah. Well, I have to just get rid of it now. <laughs> um, but uh, really quickly, because we have, like, 10 minutes left. We're, yeah. like, getting there. Mm. Um, but I want to talk really quickly about your photography. Um, specifically, because we know how you got into the poetry side of things. But how did the photography stuff start? So, a lot of different... Um, people in my life kind of brought photography into mine. My abuela is a photographer of natural landscapes and we would always go travelling and she would take photos of stuff and it was just kind of like following my grandma around with this big camera and being like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, she told me like the... She's... She doesn't... We haven't had the opportunity to um, really bounce off each other that much since I got into it because she lives in Argentina um but i do remember one thing that has always stuck with me it's like don't look at what you're taking a photo of look at the frame you mm. know look at the frame don't even look at the subject look at the frame and that's you know that's a great tip um so it was that that's always kind of put photography in my life and kind of means we we had cameras around the house when we wanted to do something i did a bit of like photography in high school for like just the events there I have no idea why I did that. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it it was like I yeah, I, I was wasn't getting any reward. I yeah? That. yeah. <laughs> I didn't get any reward for it. It was like not something you could post or anything cuz it's like for school. It's very branded. Mm. Um but I did that for a while. So I guess I got a lot of shitty photos out of the way. <laughs> um <laughs> Um and then my beautiful best friend Tamara um really is a very creative and artistic person and they're really into photography um and we were living together last year and it was a lot of oh let's go walk around and take photos let's get dressed up and walk around the streets and take photos of each other and that that's it that's Mm. like those are the photos that got me into chromatic and then you know on and on and on from there so it was a lot of other people i never really realized photography was something that i was so passionate about until i was knee deep in it you know writing has always been like a very very strong passion of mine and photography at the moment like not at the moment but um before it kind of just seemed like a way to draw an audience in so that they would actually read anything that i had to say Mm. you know because it's all visual these days it's all visual components to everything um now I have a much more deep appreciation for the art of photography. Um, but back then it's like, oh, if people people come and they follow me so that they can see these photos, maybe when I release a poetry book, they'll read it. You know? <laughs> it's like, you it's feel like you have to bribe them with yeah, the photography. Yeah, I'm bribing them. And if you look at my poetry book, it's all illustrations and photos and then poetry. Yeah. It's like... I, <laughs> I'm just doing all this to draw people <laughs> and then like, <laughs> like wake up because everyone's attention span is so short and yeah. poetry takes time. It takes reading it once, mm-hmm. reading it again. Um, so yeah, I find blending photography and poetry really great for yeah. that. Um, and f- it's a way people like to consume words, yeah. I think. I um, feel you on the short attention span thing though. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about that just before because we've, we've been trying to do more like Instagram reels and shorts and Instagram reels. TikToks and stuff for the <laughs> podcast because, you know, p- people find it so hard to watch a one-hour podcast, but mm. they'll watch a 30-second clip yeah. from one. And we had one today that got, like, 600 views or something, which yeah. is, like, absurd for the podcast. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that was, like, 30 seconds. Like, go watch yeah. go watch the full episode. <laughs> like, it's really good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's crazy. People, mm. Instagram, social media has done it, and mm. we're just, like, 
everything's so snappy. Mm. And for art that takes time to really process which poetry does, you know, there's a million different meanings to every poem and to really like sit down with something and have an emotional experience with it, you have to put that time in and it just doesn't happen. Mm. So um, I feel like physical prints of like, you know, magazines and, you know, a poetry book, that's really important to for getting people to actually sit down and take time with something yeah. to get it out of that digital platform and into a physical one. Um, and also the visual element of photographs or illustrations mm. um, I found have been really helpful for me because photography is something that I love and something that I'm, you know, I'm all right at and <laughs> um, something that is really fun for me to do and I'm doing a photo shoot and it's going so well and I feel this adrenaline and it's like the best feeling ever and I'm always seeking that. But writing is my passion and my one true love. You know, it's like, I can't help it. Mm. I can't help it. It, 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 it is me. Um, so yeah, learning how to kind of make those two worlds um, complement each other has been really um, fulfilling for me as a mm. person and as an artist. Oh, mm. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I yeah, really yeah, enjoyed yeah. that. <laughs> that was a really good little, little moment. Mm. Um, we have to start coming to a close now, mm. unfortunately, mm. but do you want to ask your, your thingy? Yeah. So is there anything in the show that you wish we had spoken about or a, a story you wish you could have told something we, you wish we brought up? You can say no. Mm. I don't think so. I'm thinking. I'm thinking really hard. Maybe any expectations you had that, or are you expecting? A I was really question? nervous. Yeah, I was really nervous. Are you more calm now? Um. Yeah, I feel like I've forgotten everything that I've said, and I'm not sure if any of it has actually made any sense, or if I yes. answered any of your questions. Most but of it, oh yeah. hopefully, it was good. You hopefully. did well. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank, you. Um, thank you. Well, if not, then we'll do the last little bit, which is. Um, do you have anything that you would say or could say to someone that is just wanting to get started in visual art or anything to do with gender expression? Anything that you want to say? Any parting words? Um, to cover all of that, uh, just fucking get out there and do it. Just show someone. Show um, your mum. Show... Anyone, anyone on the street, you meet someone in bar, it's like, what do you, oh, I, I took this photo yesterday. You know, show anyone and just keep those reactions and take them at face value. Don't fucking overthink things. I have crazy anxiety and I do that all the time. Take it at face value. Be like, oh, this is great. And just keep showing more and more people and let that drive you. Let that be what drives you, the conversations you have. Um, yeah, gender expression, just, God, just be fucking considerate of other people, please. I would love, in a perfect world, I would love everyone to just use they, them pronouns for everybody until, you know, they identify as a he, sh he, him, she, her, whatever, whatever the fuck they want. Everyone is a human, you know? Ask people when you meet them. Mm. Ask them, what are, your, what are your pronouns? What are your preferred pronouns? It takes two fucking seconds. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Go wild. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very annoying um, for me. Yeah. And it sucks. Um, you mentioned before, like, I don't know, me having to kind of be a spokesperson for this. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. Yeah. But I will do it because and it's it fucking important. That's the it thing. does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone who wants to do art, 
just do it. I know everyone has creativity in them. Everyone, um, find your medium, you know? I feel like that's another big one. I do paintings on canvas and they all turn out very badly, <laughs> but I'll spray paint like a frame and it'll be the coolest shit I've ever done. Mm. Or I'll, uh, you know, pick up a camera and even though I don't know anything about cameras or how they work, I like can get a good photo out of it yeah. and then put it into this app and this app and, you know, make it all crazy and different things will work for you. You know, and you just have to find that sweet spot and, yeah, have those conversations. Talk to people about your work and um, don't be afraid to put it out there because it will be received with love. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. We totally forgot to show your pieces. Oh, we yeah. We got so oh, yeah. bogged down in conversation. We'll oh show God. it now really quickly. Okay. Yeah. Really okay. quickly before we oh, finish. <laughs> We're having such a deep convo that yeah. I totally <laughs> forgot that we had those prepped. Do you so want to put, put one over here? Or and yeah, yeah. You one? take yeah, yeah. this. I'll grab the other one. Hello, Micah. Gentle. Good to Goodness. see you again. <laughs> this is such a sick piece. So cool. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I exhibited these at Fluidity and I made them for that event. Yeah. And um, oh, I love them. <laughs> I yeah. love them so much. Um, this was a really hard shoot. It was kind of about, um, you know, um, just just symbolizing the male gaze and mm. kind of there's another photo of this series that kind of probably does that better but kind of i don't know showing you know two feminine people as the housewife who's like sexy but not too sexy and like likes mm. cars and like stuff like that and then this lovely piece is all about self-expression which i feel like we've touched mm. a lot and it's very important and yeah it's just you know just fucking do it get out there and show the world who you are because you are an amazing person that's it. That's it. it. Mm. I think yeah. this is my favorite piece of yours that I've seen. Same, mm. same. Um, yeah, I I had so much fun doing that. This shoot was literally so fast. It was forty minutes. Oh wow! And Michael really? got in there and just fucking slayed everything. It They're all so came good together. At switching it on. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, I couldn't um, have done it without them. I did theater with them back <gasps> in the day, mm. um, and we did Beauty and the Beast, and they were my Lumiere, and I was Beast. Oh. And so we had a great time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. And Joe was in the band. I was in the band. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cute. All right. Well, yeah. let's wrap it up. Um, we do have a tradition on the show here, uh, which is that uh, guests get to press the button right at the end. Yay. Um, it is this beautiful pink one here. So what'll happen is I'll do the outro. I'll we'll say bye. Joe will say bye, and then you'll say bye, okay. and then you get to press the button. Okay. Okay. Great. Do you want to plug all your socials? Where can people find you? All that fun stuff, and then we will do the outro. Yeah, I am at Red Lady on Instagram. With another Y, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I have a website www.redlady.org because .com was taken and um, buy my poetry book please please and when you do and if you read it if you do if you read it please have a conversation with me about it because that's what I live here? for um, copies yeah yeah there's some in the vent space shop yeah, some mm, in the vent space shop some at Avid Reader in West End and you can get them online via my website too Dope. Yeah. I will literally buy one after the show. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of The Fro Show. We hope that you have enjoyed it. Go follow Red on absolutely everything and mm -hmm. go check out that art. It is fantastic. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Press the button. There you go. Ooh. Well done. <laughs> Crushed it, nice. dude. Did you have fun? Yeah, I did. Good. I did. <laughs> Again, I don't know if anything made any sense. But it did. It did. Okay, it was <laughs> okay great. Yeah.